Henry Bonsu on Times Radio. So we'll talk about Ecuador, where a presidential candidate, Fernando Villavicencio, has been shot dead as he left a campaign event in the capital, Quito, days before an election where the central issue has been rising violence and crime. Many of you will have seen the pictures, pretty dramatic. And on the line to tell us more is John Bonfilio, a Latin America correspondent. John, hello. Hey, Henry, how are you? Uh, Very well indeed. Pretty shocked when uh, I read about this and saw the pictures and I thought, wow, this guy was very bold, he'd had threats, but he ploughed on uh, nonetheless. And it reminded me of some of the documentaries and the dramas that I've seen about gangs in Latin America. But you tell me about the reality, about this man... Uh, what happened to him and what he stood for? Look, I think you're. I think to be. Sh- uh, you're absolutely right to be shocked. I think, you know, those of us who work in the news media, Henry, you know, as part of the news cycle, we're inured to sometimes a certain recurring type of news story, but occasionally something happens which really sort of shakes and surprises. And this was certainly the case. You know, last night here in Latin America, as news began to filter through of the assassination, it was an assassination of Fernando Villasencio in, in Ecuador, uh, formerly a campaigning journalist uh, with, you know, with ties to the UK and, and some media in the UK, turned politician and presidential candidate who was very outspoken and was running. I mean, his whole, his whole career had been, you know, on, uh, on uh, driving out and calling out abuses of power, but now he was running on an anti-corruption ticket and one in which he was out, uh, determined to out and prosecute organized crime when he was gunned down in a campaign rally in Quito. Now, like, it's also worth emphasizing, this was, you know, I mean, it's, this isn't the, the only example of what's taken place in Ecuador recently, but it is worth emphasizing, this was a presidential candidate who was already under police protection. You know, he'd already been threatened a, a number of times at a public event in the capital city. And of course, it's a personal tragedy and a social tragedy for uh, for the country, but it also speaks more broadly to the incredibly rapid descent into gang violence and control, which has been suffered by Ecuador in just, I mean, incredibly quickly, two or three years. I mean, previously, it had been uh, historically one of the safest countries in Latin America, and now its murder rate has quadrupled in two years. How had they managed to keep this cancer of drugs fueled violence out and what changed a couple of years ago in order for it to come in? Yeah, I, I mean, I think a really interesting question. There's a number of factors which have made, which have uh, uh, led to what's actually been described uh, recently as being a gold rush for the cartels moving into Ecuador. The first one is really straightforwardly geography. Ecuador sits between Colombia and Peru, the two biggest producers of cocaine on earth. It also houses the port of Guayaquil, uh, criminally underused, uh, literally probably criminally underused, you know, by or- organized crime with an amazing infrastructure and a Pacific gateway. Uh, so I guess in that sense, at some point it was going to happen. The second thing is politics, specifically Colombian politics. Colombia has been undertaking, uh, you know, a, a generationally important peace process, which has led to demilitarization and more concentrated straight state presence in certain remote parts of the country, which basically makes life harder for gangs and cartels who look for other opportunities. Now, this brings us to the gangs, right, which uh, saw, have seen a window of opportunity in previously untainted Ecuador. And that's basically the Mexican cartels that are vying for territory all over uh, the world. But also, interestingly, Balkan criminal groups, which moved in because up until 2020, Albanians didn't 
need an entry visa. So instead of actually making alliances with cartels in Latin America, uh, Albanian, the Albanian mafia actually just decided to move some of their people to, uh, to, uh, to Albania. So all of these are vying for territory. And then the last and perhaps most surprising of all relates to the jails in uh, Ecuador, in which for a couple of years now there's been hugely uh, destructive violence, ongoing inter-gang violence, which has led the Ecuadorian authorities actually to move inmates to a series of other perhaps more far-flung jails around the country. But that's actually just spread the problem and has been a recruiting opportunity uh, for the cartels. Jails, basically, in Ecuador, have been the best possible outcome for organised crime, all of which has led uh, to a situation in which Ecuador is currently suffering the ingredients uh, for you know, the perfect storm, if you like, uh, for uh, it becoming a failed state. I mean, there is no state control in Ecuador as far as anybody can make out. Wow. I'm just looking at the identity of the gang. Well, the men who appeared on social media uh, taking responsibility or claiming responsibility for the murder, they claim they belong to Los Lobos, uh, the wolves. And what was chilling was when they, they said, look, if we give you money and we, uh, you promise to do something, you don't do it, this is what happens. And I thought, well, what do you read into that? Yeah, absolutely. The, the Los Lobos group, I mean, actually, uh, they were, uh, there's some uh, Colombian by nationality, not that that means anything, but Los Lobos specifically uh, are linked to the Jalisco New Generation Cartel in Mexico, which is the newest kid on the block and the most, currently the most powerful cartel in Mexico, which occupies uh, the central northern part of the country and all the, and all the routes uh, up there, and actually is the main antagonist of the Sinaloa Cartel. And it was thought that it was uh, that it was um, ancillaries of the Sinaloa cartel that had led to the killing. But, you know, by the by, in some ways, it doesn't matter who did it. It's the fact that it was done at all, that it was, that, you know, that, that is the most important factor in, uh, in this current context. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, John Bofilio, uh, Latin America correspondent, talking to us live on Times Radio. It is a Thursday evening, the 10th of August, 25 minutes past um, 11, coming up.